0: always loyal podcast presented by lucia capital group official wealth management partner of san diego loyal in soccer you've got 90 minutes to win the match but how much time do you have to reach your investment goals the clock is ticking don't wait go to lucialoyal.com right now to get your investment plan started that's l-u-c-i-a loyal.com all right darren smith the final episode of the always loyal podcast what's coming up Jordan Carruth, this is
1: it. We began this podcast. Our very first guest ever was the chairman of San Diego Loyal, Andrew Vassiliadis. The final guest is Andrew Vassiliadis, the always loyal podcast, next. It takes years of dedication to become a champion. Palomar Health's team of world class doctors, nurses, and technicians work tirelessly to ensure that the healthcare you receive is second to none. Palomar Health, champions of healthcare,
0: champions for you. All right, Darren, here it is. It's the final episode of the Always Loyal podcast. We have a lot to talk about from Sunday night, from reaction, the outpouring of support for the club, and of course, the, uh, the star of the show, the uh, the chairman of SD Loyal, Andrew Basiliadis, will join us. Here we go.
1: All right. Well, here he is. I bet, Andrew, you know, I keep these notes, and you never know when you're going to reference them. I have this chronology of San Diego Loyal and its history. June of 2019, there was an announcement that San Diego would be a USL expansion city. In September, there was an announcement the play was going to begin in 2020, even though some people were debating whether or not that was a great idea. In October, we first learned the name Andrew Vasiliadis He was introduced to San Diego. I remember specifically where it was that I met Andrew. He came into the iHeartRadio studios, sat in a studio with Jack Cronin and me, and Warren Smith, and Steve, I want to say, from Stone Brewing. And we we sat there and we talked about this project, and little did we know what it would mean for all of us But Andrew Vassiliadis, it took us a little while even to to pronounce and get to know how to say your name, but man, um, we're much better on the other side. Thank you for doing us. The symmetry of you being our first guest and our last guest, certainly not lost on us. How are you?
2: I'm doing well. I'm doing really well. Um, All things considered.
1: So many memories just like that. I, I wonder, you know, obviously, since the time of the announcement that this would be San Diego Loyal's final season to seeing it's final couple of minutes in its final ever game has the reality sunk in we're recording on a thursday we were all there on on sunday night
2: yeah i mean i've had a lot more time to go through the different emotions and process this probably longer than anybody right i was the one who had to make the decision so even before ricardo or anybody else knew i knew um so having that time has been good, right? Not as much of a shock to the system, but there was still those final moments, right? Um, I've talked about it a couple of times this week, going down to practice, the final regular home season game we had, I had bits of finality of like, okay, last regular season game, but I knew there was a playoff game and I knew there was one more game away in Vegas, right? And so there was still that to lean on. When it was playoff week and I drove down to practice like I do every Wednesday, that was a lot different. I was like, wow, is that the last time I talked to the security guard when I come in? Is this the last time? Because you know, I have no business being down at the Chula Vista Elite Athletic Training Facility outside of us, outside of us having practice there. Um and so those finalities were were very present. Um and then obviously the game is the game. And I was hoping just like any other match, I'd be able to lose myself in it. And that's exactly what happened, especially with the atmosphere and the way that it was going. It rains for a little bit, all of that. Um, I was with the locals for a bit, but then I realized with about 10 minutes left in regular time, uh, I needed to be with my family, you know, no matter what the outcome was going to be. We still hadn't tied the game yet. Uh, So spent that time with them. Uh, Then we go into overtime. Uh, My best friend is sitting in front of me and that goal goes in late and he just he doesn't even turn around he just grabs my leg you know you just kind of know like all right this is gonna be it um after the game we saw it the outlook the outpouring of love from people the stands uh players lasting you know as they always do forever shaking people's hands and, and and kissing babies and signing autographs and doing all that wonderful stuff uh after all of them left uh all the staff met down on the field and that was a really fun moment Um, they dispersed and it was just Ricardo and I for a little bit. And then I literally watched them turn the lights off and that was it. And so, yeah, I've, I feel like I've been through all the emotions.
0: (laughs) I'm curious, how has talking about the process helped you? Because clubs take different approaches in this. Like I thought San Diego was unique in the sense that you guys, you gave everyone a heads up. Like we knew what was happening. Like it, it wasn't it wasn't something where all of a sudden this week or next week or in a couple months from now it's by the way we're not coming back like you you gave everyone the opportunity to kind of have the chance to at least control something that was an uncontrollable situation which i will forever appreciate that decision that you guys made how how has the process of talking to fans to players to reporters coming on a on a podcast to talk about it how has it helped you if at all process all of it
2: Uh, Let's go back a second, and this isn't really the question you asked, but uh, I want to address it for a second. Landon, you've heard me say it. I think I said it in the video. How you do anything is how you do everything, right? We've always tried to be open throughout whatever process we were going through, whether it was releasing jerseys or rosters or anything like that. So why would this be any different was one reason to follow that thread. The other reason was this. And I don't know how many people really understand this. Unfortunately, players and a coach on our roster have been through this. The guys that were in Lansing had the rug pulled out from under them with I think a week left in the season, maybe even left time less time. We're told you no longer have jobs, you no longer have you know an opportunity here. And just knowing that they had been through that, there was no fiber in my body that would allow that to happen again. So obviously. You have to be sensitive with information and there's a process to go through and there's so many decisions to be made, but it was so important to be transparent with everybody um, so that we didn't shock the community or shock the players or anything like that um, because that's not right. And that's always how we've operated, right? We've never cut corners. We've tried to do things the right way. And to me, this was the right way of doing that. Um, And then as far as talking about it, Absolutely cathartic, right? The opportunity to, you know, this is something that I said to my staff on the field uh, that last moment. I get to take a lot of credit for a lot of work other people do, yourselves included. You know, you guys do a tremendous job covering the club. Um, and so to be able to sing their praises, to talk about what we've done, um, to really reiterate, you know, people have been asking a really loaded question, and understandably so. What do you think? Uh, what do you think this club? Uh, legacy, legacy should be, and the one thing that I always keep going back to is we built a proper soccer club, from the front office to the product we put on the field to the way we engaged in the stadium and the way the supporters culture grew and everything that they did, it was a legitimate soccer club, and so not only the ability to talk about it uh, and praise it in that way, but then to see other people see that, you know when. The executives of Dortmund meet me at halftime of that uh, of that friendly that we have, and they and they talk about what an incredible club we have. When Glory Magazine comes in and talks about, oh my God, Andrew, we've been to you know World Cups, we've been to this country, that country, we've been with this club and that club, and they say to me, we've fallen in love with you and the people that you have here faster than anywhere else. That was all reaffirming of we did the right thing and we're doing it the right way. Now, it still means that it has to go away, <laughs> which is unfortunate. Uh, but at no point can I look back and go, you know, oh, wow, we really missed. We really made mistakes here. Of course, little mistakes along the way, we can have those. That's natural. Um, but I'm very proud of everything we've done. And so talking about it has been a wonderful thing, you know. And yes, I get emotional, but yeah. so be it.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, I don't don't think people realize how abrupt the ending is in sports. And this is even more so because it's more of a finality. It's not just the end of the season. It's the end of the club. But in sports, especially once that final game is done, it's not like you're back at training next week. Like you kind of have been for the previous eight months, you know, (laughs) like that's your goodbye. That's it. Like it's a very, that's the moment. So tell us, did you talk to players after the game? what were those conversations like? I'm sure you'll continue to talk to these players, but there is also that like, they're not all organized anymore coming to a a single setting anymore. It's a very abrupt ending in sports. So what were those conversations like for you with the players after the game?
2: Yeah, that's something that hit me like a ton of bricks after year one. I didn't realize how quickly like, boom, season's over and they scatter and you never have the same roster. You never do. There's always at least gonna be one change, right? And so I try to, at the end of each season, just reiterate something I say at the beginning, which is I'm here for you. How can I help? Right. And especially in this circumstance, uh, some players, you know, are already on their ways to their next destination and are pretty set and ready to go. Others still need help. So it was just more reassurance of, you know, if you need a recommendation, if there's anything I can do for you to help you in this next step, um, You know, there's a clip that's circulating right now about Landon and what he was talking about with me, you know, helping out these guys that have to move, you know, how do we help guys out of lease agreements or stuff like that? Um, so just making sure that they understand that just because the season's over that I'm not going anywhere. And as they move on, that was the other thing, like they're not going to have a bigger cheerleader than me, whether it's the USL or somewhere else or whatever, like I will continue to support them as they move on. Um, whether it's in soccer or something else, um, luckily they all got together last night uh, at the Lafayette Hotel, um, so I was able to join them for a little bit uh, and spend some more time with them. Uh, and I know a few will stick around for a little bit, and I'll do my best uh, to you know spend some extra time.
1: Yeah, we talked a little bit about the emotions of it, and and even knowing that the day was coming at some point, you know, I'm, I know we all were rooting for it to be in November but uh they all end at some point and uh, you know this has been a few days uh, on social media and i'm sure for you privately in texts and, and other conversations i think we all know like people really cared about this people were fanatical about this right your supporters proved that for years did you know how deeply impacted people were cuz reading some of these <laughs> messages on social media gets me every freaking time man and and like I knew how I knew people cared, incredibly, like deeply cared, but to the point where where so many lives have have been impacted, you know, the I I just wonder, you know, what that's been like scrolling, you know, just because because like doom scrolling just think like this has been a totally (laughs) different experience, right? Like this is it's amazing to see some of the things that people, fans, players, executives alike are saying about what this meant to them
2: yeah no way can I can I try to say that I had any insight into how much people really really cared watching this has been incredible it's it's kind of what I spoke to a little bit before about you know talking about it and grieving through it and talking with people um it's reaffirming right because I dumped my heart into this and so to know that others did the same is just a wonderful loving feeling and now like you said you know, uh, the article, the opinion article that was in the San Diego Union Tribune today, was just a beautiful piece about the club. And and um, I always have told the players, and sometimes I see them roll my roll their eyes at me when I say this because I understand how 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 much they want to win and how important that is to them. But I always have said, you know, scoring goals, winning games, that's all wonderful, and we'd love to win a trophy. But if we can make an impact in people's lives and in our community, that's the real win. You know, uh, I'll go back to the conversation I had with the staff on the field. Uh, I'm a huge Disney fanatic. I love Disneyland. And for four years, I've harped my to my crew about we can create magic moments for people in this stadium every single time we get together. And that's what we did for four years. We created magic. And I really believe that.
1: And it's not just, you know, fans and, and supporters alike. I mean, Colin Martin, for those not on social media, and, you know, I, I don't mean to, to just pick a player or pick a person because we could do this for, for several hours. Yeah. But Colin posted, and, and I think everybody who's been with the club understands, you know, that that Colin, this was an international news story back in 2020. Colin said, it's been an honor representing San Diego and playing soccer in the city for the past four years. What this club built was truly special, knowing that it will cease to exist is the hardest part about saying goodbye to this chapter in my life. This club taught me a ton. I will take those lessons with me for the rest of my life. The relationships that were forged here were authentic, and we created a place where everybody could bring their true selves to the fold. I take immense pride knowing I was a small part of the fabric that made up this club. Thank you to everybody who made this journey so special. San Diego will always feel like home. As as most of you know, like I cover sports for a living. This is not the kind of thing that you see normally, and that's not intended to be a criticism of of anybody else. It just is speaking to how unique it is. Um, you, you know, your players saying stuff like that, especially somebody like Colin who's been here since day one. I, I I wonder also what that's meant to you, not just from from the supporters, but also from the people that have made this club what it was.
2: Yeah, it's it's tremendous. Uh... We talk about, I've always talked about with the players, the player, or sorry, <laughs> the person is more important than the player. If we take care of the person, then we'll get the best player that we can possibly ever get. Because you can run a guy through drills and everything, but if the person isn't okay, then the rest of it, the rest of it isn't going to be okay. Um, and that's just kind of some guidelines that we would set up, but it was really Landon and the rest of the group and the group of the captains that really took that and understood what it meant and then lived that. Same thing for Ricardo in the office with everybody there. When, when you hear staff members say, I've never felt so comfortable here, I've never felt so embraced, I've never felt the ability to be so vulnerable, same thing like you're saying from the player side, that's because they had leaders they could go to that provided that vulnerability to them. Um, and so yes, I'll take maybe a little credit for saying like, this is how I wanted to operate, but those men, those leaders, were the ones who acted on it and provided that safe space for everyone on the roster or everyone in the front office or how game many, day or whatever.
1: How many? How many times have I mean have you found yourself looking at that black and white picture of Alejandro Guido oh. in the stands? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I mean, I keep going back to that. I don't know if this is just like me, but like. I just keep going back to that because every time I'm just looking on the looks of everybody's face and, of course, on Alex, Alex's face, too, like just to I mean, like what a picture like that sort of sums. It's so hard to sum it up in, in a snapshot, in a sentence, in a podcast. But but man, well, like that
2: picture kind of does. <laughs> and and if I could add to it. we Let's not miss something, too, like. I've said this to the group and I'm glad they heard it, but the fans need to hear it, too, and I'm sure they get it the chaos that these men had to go through this season, even as, even as Jordan, as you said, like we were sharing information when we could and keeping that, giving them as much knowledge as we could, it still was chaotic. Like imagine, you know, two days before, I think it was 24 hours before I finally made the announcement to the players of what was happening. Jackson blows his knee. And then I go down there, like just blows his knee season done, you know, surgery, the whole deal in practice. And I go down the next day and tell them you no longer have jobs at the end of the year. How does, how does every player not walk away from that and go, well, fuck, I got to, sorry, I my language. I got to protect myself. I got to protect, you know, I got to look out for my next contract. If I can't be here next year. What is next? Like, I don't blame a single one of those guys after I went down there and had to make that announcement, had to pick up their phone and call their agent and say, all right, now what, you know, but through all that, everybody maintained their mentality. Look what we did. We finished top three. <laughs> we, we, we had this incredible run towards the end where we're winning games. All of that while these gentlemen are trying to figure out what's next for them and their families and what's right for them. And in that photo, what you see is somebody who gave everything to the club, right? And that's what they did. Even those final moments, even knowing that I could blow my knee in this game, I could ruin my next season. But what these fans have given me is too important to not give them everything in this moment. Nate said to me, and I I believe this, uh, he said it to me uh, the week uh, or the Wednesday before the playoff game, we worked so hard to get here. Why wouldn't you give it everything? You know, we worked so hard. Why wouldn't you give it everything in this next 90 minutes? And so I heard that from him and I, I wasn't worried on Sunday what we would see from our guys, right? It was everything.
0: I think, um, in what is obviously a tough situation, I think worst case scenario, the outcome is like no one notices, no one cares. Like that would be worst case scenario, (laughs) right? Best case scenario in a situation like this is kind of what you're seeing, the outpouring of love, the support, the interaction that we saw from players to coaches, to front office, to the supporters, to everyone across the board. I think it's clear how much everyone cared. And I think that's a really important piece to remember. This isn't a situation where like no one noticed, you know? Um, you, you had a really good line about creating magical moments at the stadium and just around the club. I think it's a great way to describe it. What moments were most magical for you? What moments are you going to think of thinking back of SD loyal?
2: (laughs) Oh man, there's so many. I'll start with this. I've been trying to figure out when I was going to share this story, uh, uh, with somebody and it just hasn't found its right fit in the interviews that I've done. Uh, but it seems to make sense here. I'm the one who puts uh, our two-year-old son to bed most of the evenings. There uh, are other evenings where we have help. And usually where uh, usually when we're going to sleep or I'm trying to get him to go to sleep, I have in my head nursery rhymes or like, you know, uh, under the sea or wheels on the bus or something's in my head and playing. It's Sunday night, every night that I've put him down, it's been our fans chanting. And I can't, like, it's not intentional. It's just that's what I hear when I close my eyes right now. Um, so I'll never forget th- what they created, the atmosphere that they created. I spoke to them at O'Brien's after uh, the playoff game and just reiterated, like, I did a, I did enough traveling in the last two seasons to realize that there is nothing in the USL like what we had with that group. Uh, so that will never be forgotten. Uh, magic moments in the stadium, for me it was – Finding that kid, however old he may have he or she may have been, who was hanging out by uh, the Blue Peak Lounge or hanging hanging out by where the players were walking down, and you could just see in their eyes their desire to get closer, to high five a player, to do something, and so just grabbing them and bringing them down on the field so they could watch practice and their family could be with them and they could ask questions and you know just be steps away from Colin or Charlie or whoever. Um, it's such an easy thing to do. Um, but brought me so much joy in stadium with them. Uh, Games, it's funny, when I think about games, I think about some of the losses first. Uh, We've talked about this before, I think, on here, the 05 Galaxy 2 loss where nobody left. Uh, As a San Diegan, that game means a lot to me. Uh, And then I have not been fortunate enough to go to the UK uh, and do any small-sided soccer matches or you know go to any smaller clubs like that but our away match in the us open cup to seattle this year was the closest feeling that i've ever felt to an atmosphere like that it wasn't lumen field it was their smaller field it's like kind of out in the forest there's pine trees Uh, Seattle came out and packed it out. They were going huge flags going. We had our group that was there. There's an Amtrak train running in the mist behind (laughs) one of the goals, you know, and then we just had this insane game. Absolutely insane game. We lose, but I see in person, probably one of the, one of the craziest goals I've ever seen from Kyle Adams. Um, and just a hell of a match and just a special night. Um, so those are the first ones that really come. I'm sure there's more. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: Um, you know, and, and on that, just as a quick detour, I mean, you know, the the reason why I think everybody's emotional, obviously, is 97% because, you know, this is our lower division club, right? It's San Diego Loyal. And, you know, count me amongst the group of people who are disappointed that Soccer City didn't pass and looking for MLS back in the day, didn't know much about USL. Kind of heard some things about FC Cincinnati and, and Sacramento. And then we get one and it was introduced to us. And and I really have become a huge fan of, of lower division soccer. But I also understand, Andrew, like, you know, it's not just us. You know, there's some stuff being said about RGV. I don't know officially, you know, what's going on with RGV, if they're going to go under or or if they're going to continue somehow. Miami is is part of that. Can we have a second just to ask? I like, guess as somebody who's the chairman who invested in lower division soccer. And I'm, you know, I'm sure your end game was to deliver top division soccer to people in San Diego at some point, but like, what's the deal with lower division soccer? It feels unhealthy, you know, that, that we see so many clubs come and go. Like, how how do we make this better in the U S because loyal, isn't just something that was representative for people who supported it, but you can see so much of the disappointment was coming from outside of San Diego from people that probably never came to a match who go, this is happening to one of the the signature gold standard clubs of lower division soccer.
2: We've got problems here. How do we fix it? Yeah. I mean, to your point, the executives from Phoenix rising who were on the field after the playoff game walked up to me and said, this isn't right. They're like, this was one of the most incredible atmospheres we've ever been at. And it's gone. (laughs) Now I appreciate the sentiment there. I took a gamble. This was a city that MLS has been hot and heavy for for a long time, and this was the gamble in this marketplace. I think if you look at the strategy that the USL is taking as of late, they're finding markets where MLS isn't necessarily going to go into, and I think that's the proper strategy for them um, as far as where they need to place their teams, right? If they keep placing in places that MLS is going to be and they're going to have to compete, there are difficulties in that scenario um then there's the question of how do you stand out i think the usl is in a is in a quagmire here of do we continue to try to be mls or do we do something different and something different obviously would be promotion relegation um those conversations were beginning in my opinion there's a lot more work that needs to be done there before it's executed for it to be executed properly um but I think there's something there if they do it right. Um, do I think U.S soccer should have stepped in and stopped the whole thing and all that kind of stuff? I don't know. I don't know. I think at some point a first division and a second team division will survive in the same market. I just think it's a little premature in American soccer in the American soccer landscape right now when I didn't know what the right decision was to do or not. And trust me, what I'm gonna say next did not sway me one way or another, but it was just very glaring when I saw it. I don't know if you guys remember, we went to Miami FC this year. That was an away game for us. I watched that at home. And that to me looked like looking into the future. There were about less than 100 fans. Now, that's being disrespectful to our people here, because I I would hope that our people would have still supported if we were trying to go toe to toe and all that kind of stuff. But I just saw that and I'm like, look at what this is this is us. This is us in three, four years, you know? Um, and again, that wasn't what made me <laughs> made me make up my mind. Uh, but it was also very telling when you saw that. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of how I see it. I wish there was a, a, you know, it's it's a lot easier to say, oh, just open up the system. Yeah, let's just call it promotion relegation and, and everybody goes up and down, and you know it's a lot harder when you start asking the questions of how does it happen? You know, I've always, I always go back to the original six owners of MLS, right? Guys like Robert Kraft who floated the league when it should have failed. And you're going to tell them now you can get, you know, you can go down a league and all this kind of stuff. And I just don't ever see it happening in the way that American soccer or American sports are set up. Um, Unfortunately, I don't see it happening at that tier. Now the USL championship, they have a little bit more unique of a of a scenario, or I should say, the USL. Right? They have a USL Championship, League One, League Two, and you don't necessarily have ownership groups that have have really committed in those same ways where you couldn't start something like that now. There will still there still would have to be some give and take from the top to the bottom, right? If you if if I was if I was looking at it right now and I didn't own a team and I, they're talking about promotion relegation, I would sit back until they said yes and then go buy a League Two team right? For the cheapest amount of money and then try to promote myself up. Um, so there are, there are questions, there are things that they need to solve. Um, but I think the USL has the beginning structure to get that right. And if they do get it right, then you now can say to all those European soccer fans who don't want to commit to American soccer, here it is, here's what you've asked for promotion relegation, you know, and we can, and they can start telling that story. Which is not what MLS will be telling, in yeah. my opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing too, right? Like it's an easy thing to say because I don't sit in your your, you know, I don't I don't wear your shoes, obviously. But like oh. I, I was with you, I was like, man, if 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 ever there's a time to find out if we're ready, but you know that's such a canary yeah. in the coal kind of thing. Like like you know, I I wanted you. I was like, yes, like move it to South Bay, let's see what happens here. <laughs> like let's see, like let's have a culture war. Like let's have a culture <laughs> war, of, like corporate <laughs> soccer and grassroots soccer, and see who comes out on top. But like. You know, obviously that's, there's like some, some real money that goes into that, that I'm yes. not
2: for. <laughs> Yeah. They, trust me. There was a a long period of time where that was me. Uh, and I had to be walked back off of that cliff, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Someday though, I do uh, agree with you. Someday I hope I can, you know, I I can aspire to to think that we're going to be that kind of soccer country at some point, somewhere down yeah. I
2: I can't share. I don't think I'm allowed to share anything, but I'm going to share a little bit. For the first time ever, uh, at our mid-season meetings this year, there was a USL Championship, USL League One ownership meeting together. Never Mm -hmm. happened before. Oh boy, (laughs) that was something. That's all I can say. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, Any regrets
0: you think back for the past four plus years?
2: No. You tell me what, like, yeah, like, yes, okay, some little things here and there. Flipping the crest in year one, trying to help Stone out with a promotion was probably not the best thing to do. Uh, there's probably some others along the way too. Uh, but no, no regrets whatsoever. If 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 there was something to do differently, it, it's exactly what I just talked about. It w- it would have been find a market that's that, you know, MLS isn't coming after, but that was never my intention. My intention was to do this for us here in San Diego. You know, if I had a couple billion dollars around, we would have done something else. I didn't. This is this is what I could provide my community. And I wanted to see where we could take it from there. Um, so as far as regrets go, no. Like I said, proper, proper soccer club, top to bottom.
0: Um, what was your conversation like with Nate Miller after the game? <laughs>
2: uh again, Nate Nate's a, Nate like the players, right? He well, one, he wanted ending like we all did, right? Everybody wanted the Disney ending, right? Where we walk off with the championship. Um, But he, he always hates it. I think he cringes a little bit when he feels like I'm giving him an out for why we lost or something like that. And I didn't try to make excuses or anything, but I always try to tell the guys like, we can control two things, effort and attitude. It's old high school coach talk that I used to tell my kids. I understand that, but it's so true outside of sports and life and business every day, bring those two things, effort, attitude, hundred percent. And that's all I can ask for. And that's what I saw in the field. And so, yeah, you know, his comment to me, I agree with him. We ran out of center backs. <laughs> Man, if Ebenezer of healthy, and if, you know, a couple guys are still going and we still have center backs and, 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 and we didn't have to go back with Blake and no, no disrespect disrespect to Blake he did everything he could in those final moments to try to win one for his team but man we just we went a little thin at the end of the game and they caught us and they caught us they brought out a player that kind of changed the dynamic for them and they got it um and then it was just again being supportive i want the best for Nate just like i want the best for the players i'm here for you how can i help um and we'll have that conversation when we need to yeah it'll be a footnote but but Grant Stolman
1: but a warrior. I mean out yeah. there and you could tell like we were in Vegas, we saw him come off early and I know it's like yeah, yeah it's precautionary, right? Like but man, he just he went until he, yeah. his body just gave out. And you know, and and that's a footnote obviously to to everything that happened in the game itself. Uh would you do it again? Uh, yes.
2: Yes. Yes. Uh huh. I've already gotten emotional a couple times, but now you're going to get me. Um I've said this to players and staff I've said this to the fans that came uh, to the Q&A when we did that in the parking Lot, Uh, and I said it again to supporters after Sunday night. I'm a better husband, father, man, brother, son than I was before. And so 100% I'd do it again, 100%, 100%. I'll be fine if anybody's worried, I'm going to be okay. You know, my son will go to a wonderful school. Everything's going to be fine. Um, So, yes, in a heartbeat, uh, because the lessons learned to work with somebody like Landon Donovan, with Ricardo, uh, you know, to do the things that we did in a heartbeat, do it again.
0: I think you really set the tone. You set the tone with how much you care. Um, You set the tone not just for the club, but for supporters, for players, for coaches, for everyone across the board. I think you really did how much it meant to, like, you could just see it, how much it meant to Nate Miller after the game and his reaction to what happened Sunday night. Mm-hmm. We were doing the broadcast on TV Sunday night, Andrew. Elijah Martin came into the booth in the middle of the game, full tears, just full tears of emotion. And this was before San Diego tied it late with the penalty kick. Right. Came back in after crying even more, but <laughs> celebrating a little bit happier this time. <laughs> it's just, it you couldn't, go more than a foot Sunday night at Torero stadium without seeing how much people cared. And I think it's a great Testament. And it's just a long winded way for me to simply say, thank you for, I
2: appreciate that. My comment there was going to be, this wasn't, and this isn't like a pat on the back statement, but I just want people to understand, like, this wasn't my toy. You know, I didn't have some, you know, other gig that was pumping money into my bank account that I was like, oh yeah, I'm focused on this and the soccer thing's going on over here, and I get to go have fun with it every once in a while. Uh, I woke up and started my day and end my day on how are we going to make this club better, uh, and that's what you're talking about. That's what's come through, in my opinion.
1: You know, it's interesting as we're this is a podcast, so I'll just describe it. You know, I I woke up today, put on a, a Tory Green San Diego loyal shirt. Jordan's wearing a Tory green sort of quarters. (laughs) Andrew's wearing a black Shabos de Loyal t-shirt. I I don't know that anybody put this on specifically for this podcast. I opened my closet this morning to go to work. I was like, what am I going to do with all these clothes?
2: (laughs) So much of my
1: wardrobe. And I've seen you, Andrew. I know every once in a while you go out and about on town and you're, you're, uh, you're looking, looking like a dime. What Thank like, you sir. What are you gonna do? Like with with you know the loyal scarf in the background there? I'm just gonna wear this stuff until it you know until it falls off me.
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna wear. That's exactly it, right? Until it falls apart. Luckily, Charlie's an amazing manufacturer, and the stuff's gonna stay together forever, right? Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, one of the fans, uh, on Sunday at, or sorry, one of the uh, locals on Sunday down in O'Brien's I, I was thanking them for investing all their hard work and their time. And he threw in and our money from the background and I paused and I said, I apologize for making so many badass jerseys. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and so uh, like, that's something I'll take pride in is, is I, I hope for years to come, uh, we see, you know, our gear around town, um, I really enjoyed, you know, again, it was intentional. The capsules of different collections that we created uh, allow them to kind of stand out. It's what I really love about soccer jerseys that have um, or soccer kits that have, uh, the sponsors on the front you can look at different soccer kits and by knowing the sponsor and what time that sponsor was on you kind of get a capsule of when that jersey's from i feel that way about a lot of our stuff you could look at it and go oh that's year one or oh that's the day of the dead collection or oh that you know um so really just proud on how, how all that stuff worked out
1: and i just have one last one are you are you gonna any thoughts on sdf say yeah
2: absolutely so i've always said professional soccer at the highest level could work here. I really believe that. And here it is. And so more than anything, I want what's best for my community. And as long as they respect us and they listen to us and provide, you know, I feel like we set a bar. If you can meet the bar or go above it, you've got my vote, right? Continue the work that we have done. So that's number one. If, if they can meet that bar, I would love to support the club. Number two, I am personally invested in the careers of Ricardo Campos and people like Jerry Jimenez, D.K. Aniewu, uh Ray, our photog- our videographer. Those are people over there. And if that club is successful, it's mean, it means they are being successful. And that's important to me. Ricardo is family for life. And so I want him to be successful. So I want that club to be successful. Um, so absolutely, I hope nothing but the best.
0: Your your social media account, your Twitter account, or X account, I guess, sorry. Um
2: <laughs> yeah. I still
0: call it Twitter, I'm sorry.
2: Um
0: what what you posted today with what your niece wrote. I mean, it's <laughs> I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read it if you don't mind. Please do. <laughs> Loyal as a soccer team. They got finals but lost against Phoenix Rising. My uncle Andrew is the cheerleader. My favorite player is Charlie Adams. <laughs> he has brown hair and brown eyes. Tumi Moshe is my sister's favorite player. Landon Donovan is the world's greatest soccer player. The goalie, Coke Vegas is a great goalie. Loyal is one of the greatest soccer teams in the world. I love loyal, <laughs> man. How do you just not cry every time you see this stuff, Andrew?
2: That is Bronwyn Rose. My little niece. Uh, she's I think six, almost seven. I hope I'm getting that right. Uh, That was amazing because she, everybody on that side of the family, were some were sports, some were not, but all have fallen in love with this club. And that little girl, even though she may not run around and play soccer every day, um, just fell in love every time she came to the stadium and and really enjoyed Charlie. And Charlie was such such a good guy with her. Um, So. Yeah, I mean, I had to get the okay from mom and dad to post that. I wanted to make sure it was okay. Uh, Winnie was okay with it. And I've been sharing some of the replies with her uh, throughout the day. Um, But that's, you know, what it speaks to is what's most important. I think you've heard this. Um, I hope to remember the games. I hope to remember a lot of things. But the way we made people feel will last forever. And that's what that says to me.
0: Uh, my my last question is, what's next for you? What's next for Andrew Faciliatis?
2: <laughs> I'm going to take some time. Uh, a friend of mine gave me some sage advice and said, you know, turn down the first couple of things that come to you. Don't try to fill a void uh, just to have something. And I think that's a really true statement. Uh, but I'll make this loud and clear. I'm not going anywhere. Like, this is my city. Uh, I will continue to do good work in the community. Um, I will continue to support our supporters groups uh chavos and their backpack drive doesn't matter if the club's around or not i could still help that out right um so staying connected with our supporters uh will be important to me um but the mission is the same make san diego a better place to live work and play so whatever's next we'll do that
1: andrew thank you um you know I'm a cynical sports media guy and you <laughs> gave us something to really really feel connected to in a non cynical way and yeah. you know i i i know that's the way my industry, op, uh, industry operates but this was such an oasis in that that sea of cynicism and i can't thank you enough because you know this club did change my life much for the better and uh, I found myself several times this week just wondering what's next for me and and losing a bit of my identity. But overall, like so many other people have said, nothing but
2: gratitude. Thank you. Now, and thank the two of you for elevating this club, the professionalism that you brought to this podcast and to the pre- and post-game show when we were doing that uh, was unmatched. Uh, again, everything at this club was done in a proper manner. And we tried to push the envelope and make sure that every part of the broadcast was clean and efficient and professional. Uh, and you guys did that for us. So thank you.
0: We appreciate it, Andrew. We'll see you around San Diego. You will put your values
1: in action by doing your banking with blue peak credit union, a purpose-driven financial institution. Learn more at bluepeak.com. official credit union of San Diego loyal must meet membership and account criteria. Blue peak, blue peak. I will say, I said the story on the radio, Jordan, my final image since land, uh, since, since Andrew, I should say, just told us what it was like being there when the lights went out at Torero stadium. Normally, as you know, I'm like one of the last people ever to leave an event. You invite me to a party. I'm pretty much like the last guest. I've seen the lights come on in more bars than I care to count. And, uh, this was a night where I was like, you know, stayed for about 15-20 minutes afterwards you went down to the field and my wife was there with a friend of hers and we just i was good you know i was good i was like hey we just did the broadcast let's let's go and i parked my car on the top level of the parking structure at torero stadium anybody who's ever been up there you know you walk up those stairs and when i walked up to the top of the stairs i turned around to take one last look at torero stadium Had to be 20, 30 minutes after the game's over. And the entire supporter section was full. And people were starting to file out. People were in their cars. But I I will never, ever forget that image of the section 109 full. I could hear them from the top of the structure. I got a bit emotional looking back at it. But like also now through... The week, as you have a couple of days to process this all, like I, I just, I'm, I wish it would have been the USL Cup, areas with the cup, but like mm-hmm. that to me, amongst the million other images in my brain that we talked about with Andrew, and that will come to me over the the next couple of days, weeks, months, years, like yeah. that image to me just said it all. I was like the the whole freaking section was just full, and we could hear them, and it was thirty minutes, and nobody wanted to go anywhere. I was like, right. damn. Like, God, God, it just got me right in the fields.
0: Yeah, everyone, it was a thing where everyone just wanted to soak it up and no one wanted it to end. No one was ready for that goodbye. Um, like you said, I, I went down to the field after the broadcast. Darren and I did the TV broadcast with Jack Cronin Sunday night. Um, afterwards, I went down, uh, I found Nate Abrea, the PA announcer for SD Loyal, and we, we were like out of the way of everyone, of course, but like we we're just down there on the field, like watching the interaction that was happening with the supporters still in the stadium, the players down on the field, coaches, executives, you saw, of course, Andrew Basiliadis walking around talking to players and coaches, Nate Miller, of course, Landon Donovan walking around. And the players just honestly, after what wasn't a very emotional game and I'm sure plenty of frustration in that moment, still found the time to make sure to stick around and soak in as much as they could just personally speaking like I will be forever grateful like tracking down to me after that final match and just giving him a huge hug and just mm. telling him how much um, I appreciate him and how much I'm going to root for him going forward because that's the other thing like sounds like Andrew will still check in with USL games going in the future like how could you not like if Coke Vegas is playing somewhere in USL next year like how are you not going to want to watch that game and there's gonna be so many players that Find themselves playing in other teams that you're still going to want to, you're still, your heart's still going to be attached to uh, certain parts of it. But Alejandro Guido, like tracking him mm. down. That picture just. Yeah, that picture just, is everything. I'm just, that oh! picture
1: shattered me. It Speaking absolutely pictures, shattered me.
0: I just realized I forgot to ask Andrew a question. Get him D- back. Damn it. <laughs> I wanted to ask him where in his house he's hanging that picture of himself shirtless in 109. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be above the mantle. Oh, man. Dang it. All what right. A we'll ask him. We'll he'll still be around San Diego. So I'll still have the opportunity to ask him that question. But yeah,
2: yeah, yeah it was, you talked. it was about, one of those
0: it, moments that you didn't even want to. I think Nate actually told this to me at one point. And I didn't even realize it was happening, but he was so spot on. Like we were just looking up at 109 and, and the crowd and the interaction they were having with the players and we were just staring at it and soaking it in as much as we could and at one point he's like don't you don't even think about taking out your phone and like it had not even crossed my mind to like start videotaping it or whatever it's just like just be in the moment and that's kind of what it was for a long time like we were holding on to it but also like not ready to say goodbye so like you kind of just you stayed you stayed there
1: Um, yeah like i said i was in a different mindset you know i've I'm always the last person there, and and this was just one where after doing the broadcast, you know, like I just was, I was like I'm good, you know, like I just felt like I, like me personally, like I was good, and just went up. But man, I I swear, just seeing that, like I, I'll I will never ever, and I will get emotional talking about it. I know we said we would do our our tears afterwards, and and I'm coming close. Like I will just never forget that image because that's like just so what it was all about. Like watching that group of people, you know, even the Hercules Gomez tweet, like finding out as we're doing the broadcast that Hercules Gomez is watching this <laughs> and he tweets out. Damn, I'm not going to lie. It's felt like an episode of Breaking Bad. You can see people in the stands crying fear fearful loyal fans, truly heartbreaking stuff like, you know, like this is a podcast. I don't know how many people are, are listening that aren't loyal supporters or season ticket members, right? Part of the supporters groups, but like, man, I'll I'll tell you, like, the whole USL experience for me is, uh, I I didn't know what we were getting into, <laughs> I really didn't. Like, you know, we're dealing no. with the disappointment of of not getting MLS here, right? Which we thought was the be all end all of everything, and instead, what happens is we get this club, and you and I are there when nobody else is there for an entire season, and we were like, you know, making fun of the raccoons and the stands. Dude, like...
0: I saw the raccoons Sunday night after the game. I didn't even tell you this three raccoons jumped out in front of me and crossed the street as I was leaving Torero stadium. I'm not kidding. I had to wait for the raccoons. to I'm telling you they were the same ones that were there the first night in the cooler drinking all our beer. So
1: great. The raccoons just to just come ransack our beers. Cause nobody was there. They
0: were there to the very end.
1: Turns out they were, they were supporters as well. And like, I, I just want, I want the USL to do well. You know, I wanted this club to do well. But I I want these other, I want New Mexico to do well. I, I mean I want these other San Antonio, like okay, I want these places to thrive. I want mm-hmm. lower division. So like, I I I've learned so much about how important it is, which is part of the disappointment. The disappointment is losing loyal, but the disappointment also is like one of the the better clubs is going away. And it sounds like it's not alone. Like I just I want it to be I, I want us to be better. As a a soccer country. I mean,
0: it's, it's impossible not to think like, well, if loyal can't survive, like who can possibly survive at the USL level? Because Loyal do it right. An incredible appearance from Andrew Pasilianis. That is not easy. He's getting asked the same questions in different ways over, over and over lately. And it can't be fun. You know, like it, he does an amazing job of answering them different ways and sharing insights. Yeah. That was, um, that was an emotional conversation.
1: Yeah it's it's uh it's an emotional experience you know Mm -hmm. which on one hand i'm 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 glad that i have these kind of emotions still you know that i haven't gone completely to the the dark side of sports media cynicism Mm. you know that this was so meaningful not because of of you know employment but because of connection because of community because of everything that loyal stood for and i'd like to think that we're all better people as a result of it Mm -hmm. i know i am yeah and that's you know i guess that's the best way to to continue the legacy is to you know continue to be a, a better version of yourself if that's how you came through on the other side of this all
0: yeah yeah i think uh i think loyal changed a lot of people's lives no one's a perfect human no clubs are perfect we're definitely not a perfect podcast but I think everyone, from players to coaches to Andrew Vasiliatis to silly podcast hosts, can all say the same thing that they they grew in the last four years and they're better off for the experience. So that's yeah, that's I important. Mean,
1: I feel like I have friends that are going to be friends for a lifetime mm-hmm. because of this. I don't I don't think that I know that, and you know, it's not just people that we worked with. You know, I've got friends that live here in Imperial Beach that we weren't friends with before this experience, and now our wives are you know like it's a great thing it's just a it's a beautiful thing and it's cool
0: that we're still going to see loyal gear and stickers and stuff i pulled into the (laughs) pulled into a grocery store yesterday and uh the car in front of me had a big loyal sticker right on the back windshield and every time i'm like i wonder if i know that person who is it but Mm, same
1: same every day i'm on on the 15 or the 5 i think the same thing it's like i have the similar driving pattern as somebody and i keep seeing it i'm like yep those are our people right there i mean what a what a ride for us, you know, <laughs> being there for pre and post games for ghost games that nobody attended at Torero stadium and thinking about people that were tuning in on the stream for this expansion club. Like, I mean, just what a, what a ride from, from volunteering at Rady children's hospital, you know, with Colin Martin, like, <laughs> Yeah, just all of it. So many, so many great things came from it. So um, yeah. And thanks to everybody who tuned in and listened to this. Like like Jordan said, we're not a perfect podcast. So thanks for putting up with our
0: nonsense. We do appreciate it. Um,
1: Especially by the way, might I say, I know like we don't want to go naming individuals because once you start that, like you can't stop and there's too many individuals for us to start naming. Don't do it. You did but this I do want to last wanna,
0: time and then you started to do individuals. Got one.
1: Mute me if I mention more than one name. Teresa LaSalle, who is our number one listener, who is Travis Lampricks' mother, who critiques this podcast. Travis, who's been with marketing, I think his title VP here towards the end. But Travis, who's responsible for so many of the absolutely incredible work. That you see on social media his mom listens to this podcast and she sends us the most wonderful emails that anybody my mother couldn't send me emails nicer than travis's mom does and we appreciate her getting to know this club and staying connected with what her son does professionally and we will we will miss her analysis and her summaries of our podcast
0: man (sighs) no crying we're almost there. Um, Yeah, that's all I got, man. I'm done. <laughs> Anything else?
1: I'm good, man. I'm good. Stay in touch, everybody. Try, I mean... You. Not you. Yeah. I mean, yes, you, but, like, yeah, yeah, stay you're in touch, everybody. You're,
0: you're stuck with me. I'm looking through my notes right now, dude. I don't... I think I'm good. I think I've hit everything I want to hit. Anything else on your end?
1: Nothing. What a broadcast, though, on Sunday night, huh? Did you see Elijah when he came in? God, I that's did. a moment. I mean i i will say like seeing nate miller yeah just drop at the end of the game and, and you know hearing nate afterwards apologize like here's a guy who's got to pick up a family go find another gig and i get it like things happen in in non-sports jobs too but here's a guy's like i'm sorry we couldn't Ugh, god it just i told him i was like no nate thank you like we're proud i i know the own three thing is gonna stink but like Watching him and seeing how much it meant to them, like, to me, it, it wasn't a win. But, like, knowing that it meant as much to them as it meant to the rest of us, I think, was, uh, you know,
0: it's everything. It was very fitting. It's everything. Because, like, what we talked about with Andrew Basiliata's worst-case scenario is you show up to Sunday night and no one's there and no one yeah. cares. And no mm-hmm. one notices. And that clearly was not the case. Sold-out yep. stadium the emotions from players who weren't even available to play to what happened after the game with Nate Miller, you can just see how much it meant to everyone. So ah, that's what it's all about.
1: It's what it's all about, man. It's been the absolute blast. I no regrets, loved it. Uh, Just an incredible opportunity and an indelible Mark on this one individual right here. So thank you everybody who took the ride with us.
0: Yeah. We love you all. We'll talk to you soon.